Hello and welcome to another episode of Friday Night Fright with your boy, your host, your pie man, the man that's drawn name, man, behind the podcast podcaster, live in Austin, back in full bronze vision after his 35th birthday. I'm back, guys, ready, kick ass, no clip shows this week for episode, covering Flash, get excited, get hype, I'm post 35, I've realised there's loads of stuff I want to do with my life and I haven't actually managed to get to yet, made a podcast, that's one thing, but no, gotta keep moving forward, this podcast is not stagnated, it's the wrong word, not stagnated. Needed, but it's kind of stuck in place for a while, and really, I think it needs a gigantic kick up your ass, and that's what I'm going to give it. You can't make your dreams come true unless you dream a little bit bigger, darling, as Tom Hardy, aka Eames, says in Inception. But that's not that's neither here nor there. I'm here. I'm going to do a great podcast late this episode. We cover F- the next three episodes of Flash. I think. Who knows where it's from there? I got Arrow. Uh, seasons one sits on Blu-ray too. Apparently on DVD too. Apparently that's TV series this way. Who knew? So that'll be interesting to watch. But really, this is my state of the union dress, if you will. This podcast is genuinely. I know it's gone a bit samey, but it's gonna be less clips showing. There's gonna be more content. I'm gonna push myself as hard as I can. While still mate, still remembering that I am human being. I have a job and all of that. But on plus side. Within six weeks, I will be working long days again. So I'll be doing three to four long days a week, maybe nine, five at weekends occasionally. So I have more time. I'll have a podcast there a week for this podcast, which will be amazing. And that'll really transform things. It'll also give me more free time, go see more movies, hang out with friends more and that sort of thing. Because at the moment, it's, you get in the end of the week and just like, brah, you know, brah. But anyway, can't wait to continue watching Flash and seeing what the plan of... Uh, Harrison is it's Harrison and Graham I don't know if you've got any answers to the question is Harrison and Graham um, send them to Twitter account I can't remember what it's called at the moment effing uh, effing Fright Podcast or something like that Friday Fright, no Friday Night Fright Podcast Friday Night Fright oh, one for two um, or I can't remember email address either but you know you you type in Friday Night Fright Podcast in Google I'm sure you'll find us or you'll find the Starburst Starburst one but one for two yeah I'm hyped for these next two episodes I, I, I'm enjoying Flash so far it's good I was going to do a mid-season prediction episode and then for despite the fact that I'm trying to be in character someone's never watched Flash before I don't think anyone's really believing that anyway you know so I thought that would be just my luck. Also, really near haircut. You know, you get 35 and thinking, oh, you're near haircut. Oh, also, at the end of the episode, I'll throw in a bonus epilogue where I'll give you my feedback on the movie I watched last night, my Saturday night matinee movie, The Phantom Thread, the last movie of Dan Day-Lewis' career so far, and the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So you think that'd be good, given I love Magnolia and I'm a huge fan of Boogie Nights. Uh, well, you know, stay if you're interested. They like hook for later on for the main thing. If you're interested, stay tuned for the episode, and I'll give you my surmise thoughts on Phantom Thread. But for now, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Oh my lordy, lordy, lordy! Episode dozen, a baker's dozen, a baker's dozen, a flash, a baker's dozen, flashy goodness this week. It's the episode that comes after episode eleven. It's the episode where everything changes forever. Forever, forever, except it doesn't because not a lot happens in this episode. But things happen, stuff happens, things, reasons, situations, escalation, problems, 
scenarios, complications. It all happens in this episode for The Flash. Oh, it, boy does it. Boy does it. Stuff happens this week. It starts with a problem in, in Central City. A problem, a, a problem of criminal in proportions? No. A problem of rats and road rage fires. Ah. And you think, hey, wait a second. Fires? Fire? 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 Firestorm? Fire? Fire? Firestorm? Ronnie Raymond? You think, wow. Could he be in this episode? Well, you'll find out later. But for now, no, he's not in this episode as of this point. Because the Flash has saved the day. He runs faster than he's ever run before. And reunites his dad and his son. And from blowing up in the car or beating, I can't black out at that point. Everyone's like, yeah, Barry, yeah. You run faster than you've ever run before. And it's like, can we get an exact speed at which Barry runs? Because I'm trying to keep up for this. Because I, last I heard it's about, what, 700 miles an hour? And that's fastest he's ever run. We're talking 701 miles an hour? We're talking 800? We're talking a billion miles an hour? It's sort of like, can we get some, some, some idea of how fast? No, no, sure. Okay, we won't. Screw it. Okay, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like the Eddie's reverse task reverse task force for the flash it's like iris's role as a reporter it's like joe being scared that iris might be murdered you know it's 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 harrison being being up by reverse flash it's reverse flash being out there or the man in your suit web it's all of these things like they don't matter we got firestorm deal with we we got that's the plot at moment firestorm which will tie back into wrestler at some point i'm sure but for now that's it so then we find out there's a woman who can teleport. She's like, teleport, port, 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 port. And she breaks her boyfriend out of prison. And he's like, well, you, wait, what happened? She's like, no, no, I'll explain later. Well, it has something to do with the dark matter explosion. But again, it took her 11 months to get involved. You know? It took her a long-ass time to master her ability. And so like, how is, is there something wrong with the water in Central Satan? It takes all these people this long to master their abilities. Or was she in a convenient coma for nine months just like Barry Allen? You know, it's like... It, it, at this point, it's starting to get a bit ridiculous and that they were just all sat around doing nothing until Flash showed up. And some of them sat around for months after that doing nothing. Then they were like, oh no, now we mastered it. We're going to like... What was she doing for money at this point? No, her name's Shauna Bays, um, and yeah, she she can teleport. She breaks partner out of jail, and then he's sort of like, babe, that's so sexy. But no, we, we got to steal some stuff. Everyone's like, ah! And Cisco's torn up, because this episode takes place right after the last one, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I have to find wrong, and Caitlin's like, no, no, I don't want you to find wrong, and Cisco's like, okay. But Hartling, Caitlin's like, I'm locking it down, Cisco. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Cisco's like, okay, you know, in his head he's thinking, okay, it's fine, it's fine, I get it. Wink, wink, no, it's no, I'll break Hartley out of prison, of his pipeline prison. Which case, that prison's a bit sketchy, I'm just going to say Because the Arrow, like, they, they dropped the mile in Jeff Shaw, but Arrow deals exclusively with murderers and mercenaries. You're literally just locking people up without any due process. It's, it's weird. And Arrow only does it for those criminals who I understand from watching that episode. You know, I, I'm getting the sense that it's only for the worst of worst, you know. Not that I have anything back that up with. Not that I've seen showing I was just playing dumb, you know. But Flash is like, you, you're a met human getting, getting pipeline. It's like for everything. It's weird. So then... Uh, 
Joe and Barrett prison, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a met human. It's like, the, the guy who was in prison was terrified. It couldn't possibly be someone broke him out, you know? And it's also raising the question of if he could teleport out, why would he have waited 11 months, you know? Or why would his partner have waited 11 months? That's not here nor there. So then Henry comes by, Henry Allen, and he's like, Barry, and Barry's like, Dad! And Henry's like, son! And they have a touching moment, and Joe's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I didn't engineer this moment for, you know, to get us nominated from Emmy. And then Henry's like, Barry, I can do some recon prison. Barry's like, no, no, that's that's really dumb. You will get stabbed. And Henry's like, okay. And then he winks at Barry because we're getting a lot this episode. So I'm like, I won't do that. Wink, wink. <laughs> so then from there we see Pika, we see Sean Bays and her boyfriend. He's still, she's like, we can literally go anywhere. We can teleport anywhere on planet as long as I can see it. So I can just go from place to place. And he's like, no, no, but this small town Central Sea criminal, I own money, he'll track us down my voice. It's like, just go to London. It's like, he'll track us down. It's like, how? How is he going to track you down? He's literally a Central Sea criminal who is so unimportant. We've never heard of him at this point. You know, it's like, how? He's just, and his crew, when we find watch him later on, consists of like three guys who die immediately. It's like, it's, these Central Sea criminals aren't particularly bright on the lower end or the high end. So then um, she's like, so then they're like, hey, we'll steal some stuff and then we'll be all clear. So they steal some stuff, but Barry's like, oh, I found you, ha, ha, ha. And this woman's like, yeah, but can you catch me? And Barry's like, well, yeah, I can. And she teleports away and he's like, wait, what? And then he tries to catch her, but he can't because she's teleporting too fast for him, which doesn't make any sense. But might explain why they didn't tell us how fast he could possibly go. Because if they had, people would have been even more like, wait, what? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because, okay, she can teleport. I understand that. I get I completely understand. I get what they're going for. But to teleport, she has to actively think about what she's doing. And Barry can run at least 700 miles an hour. How on God's earth, that's, how is she able to, you know, like, how is she able to do that, to think before he can run after her? It's so silly, you know, it doesn't make any sense, and it's the latest case where it's sort of like, Barry, you should be beating this, you should be winning this in, like, seconds, but apparently she's mastered her ability. And he hasn't. I mean, maybe she had more time practice, I don't know, but it's weird. I mean, comic books, fair enough, you know. If she could teleport to, like, Africa or something like that, or France or Germany or somewhere, fine. She's literally teleporting two two centimetres away from Barry. He's like, I can't catch her, I can't do it. And then Barry finally almost catches her, and then boyfriend fires a bullet, and Barry catches it, but he catches it just as it goes into his neck, and it's like, ow! And then he falls down. And then they, the bad guys get away. It's like, how did they get away, Barry? You literally heal from the most incredibly insane stuff in a matter of minutes. And a bullet that grazed your neck. And you're just like, ow. And then Barry goes to Star Labs. And Barry's like, ow. And Caitlin's like, shut up, Barry. And then Caitlin's like, hey, Barry, do you remember? We have some slight sexual chemistry. We have some slight chemistry, relationships. So more than friends chemistry, me, us do characters. Why don't we go out to a pub? 
You know, because we found out conveniently that, like, this woman showing her hands out in bars, so we can use that. We can go out for a drink, you know. Totally platonic, and Barry's like, well, yeah, sure. But in the actual episode, Barry, it's Barry's idea, not Caitlin's. I've changed it because it's more interesting to me this way. No, it's a bit like toning iris. It's the weird, if weird chemistry, and I don't think the show intended. But at least this time, it seems like they're wronging Barry and Caitlin, which is good because Wrongy is a fucking, you know, fire boy at this point. Oh, in the subplot, Cisco Blake's Hartley, aka Pipe Pipe, aka Harry Potter boy, out of the pipeline. They go in search of answers for Wrongy, and. Hartley tries to get dropped on Cisco, but Cisco has a remote control and it creates a sound only Hartley can hear because apparently Hartley's soup hearing. I don't know if that established last week, but that's fine. Hartley's like, no! And Cisco's like, ha ha ha, I beat you. This device, this device controls your hearing. If I was to lose this device, that would be bad, but I'm not going to lose it. So then they go to an office somewhere and Hartley's like, look, Professor Stein was there the night of the explosion. And I'm like, that's not Professor Stein, that's Jack Briscoe. They're really merging lots of universes into this show. you got, like, Michael Lincoln of Prison Breaker there, T-Bath Prison Breaker there, but he doesn't know who he is. Apparently Jack Briscoe's been reborn as a scientist, which is cool. And then they slurp down, they go, Professor Stein was... Deep with transfiguration, trans metaphorization, um, trans something, fast storm. And keep saying the word fast storm whenever I have to question the science. So then Cisco's like, look at the screen. And if you see the screen for a second, Rongy merges with Professor Stein to create a super man with the muscles and a brain and a man with a brain. And a bigger brain. So they've got like super brain. They've got all muscles. Like the wisdom of an old man in body of a young man's terrifying. You know, that's something unique to DC, I think. You know, it needs to show. I don't think they've ever had a character like that in history of fiction. But this show has it, so that's very cool. And then Cisco's like, wait, but what's been happening for the last 11 months with them? And then Hartley's like, oh, yes, this guy forgot. I'm going to take out. You forgot in the last episode where I could conveniently take out my um my ear implants and use them as like super bombs. And uses it and Cisco falls ground and Hartley's like, Yeah, fuck you, Cisco, and kicks him a few times and goes, You but remember I hid up my part of bargains, so don't come after me and then he runs off. Bye Hartley, we'll see you probably in season finale. I'm sure they'll tie that back in somehow. So then Cisco tells F1 we doing it, like, Cisco, why wouldn't you just tell us? Uh, no, no, because we, then we flash back to Barry and Caitlin at the bar, and Caitlin's like, hey, Barry, you should get drunk with me on stage, and we'll sing, and they start singing, and Barry's a really good singer, and Caitlin's a really awful singer, and she's like, Barry, how, why are you so good at singing? And Barry's like, no, no, shrugging, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like the actor had a popular guest recurring role as a villainous character on a rather popular show where people sung a lot. Almost like that, but I'm sure that can't be the case, you know? Anyway, in a moment of gleefulness, Barry meets a woman named Linda Park, and she's sort of like, hey, you're Barry, right? And he's like, how do you know my name? She's like, your friend, Leather Chant, or Barry, Barry, Barry. And Caitlin's in the bathroom throwing up at this point, and also she's got a really sparkly dress on, so you know, God continue that chemistry thing. So then Caitlin is like, ha ah. and then Linda's like, hey, you know, you not pick up on my signals, so that you know there's an app where if you have the app and you touch someone's phone, they get all your contact information, Barry's like, uh, okay, so it's like, 
Here you go, tapped his phone, and somehow he already has the app installed, which is like, if she puts some spyware on his phone, because he did not know about this app, but now she's touched his phone and he has downloaded her contact information, despite not having the app that he needs to do. That's sketchy as shit. I think this woman might be a villain. I think she's, I don't know Flash comics very well, but I think she's probably, I don't know, a, a wizard of some kind, you know. I'm just like, you know, maybe she's got something with the philosopher's stone or something like that. I don't know, you know, who knows, who knows. Anyway, this, um, Caitlin comes back and starts like, Barry, I'm going to be sick. So he rushes her outside and she throws up and he holds her hair back, which is a very, very nice thing to do and also slightly sexist, but also very nice because no woman wants to get vomit in her hair. It's just science. So then he rushes her back home and she's like, Barry, Barry, Barry. And he's like, what? She's like, give me a hand. And she pulls down her dress to rule she's just in her bra and probably some underwear but she can't get dressed down or when she's like barry barry can you assist me so he's like this is sketchy but okay next thing you know he's he does some flash hurry and she's in her pajamas and she goes bed and she's like barry you know if you want look you want to take peek you uh, good you couldn't barry's like no oh, i'm 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 a good guy and she's like it's fine you do so much for the thing i'm like what the fuck is going on here you know i i find this very problematic on many many different levels and i have to wonder whether the actor and actress in this scene were comfortable with something such weird undertones and where caitlin goes to sleep and barry goes home you know because he's gentleman despite the fact he should have left the second he brought her inside the flat to be honest you know it's like it's, it's, it's uncomfortable it's a lot of uncomfortable undertones this scene and then next morning Caitlin comes in she's really hungover and she's like oh I'm so so pissed off I'm so pissed off so hungover and they find Harrison's furious he's like I haven't had much this week but Cisco let Hartley out and they're like why and Cisco's like because I thought he could leave me to Wrongy and Caitlin's like I told you not to and Cisco's like I did it for me Caitlin I was friends with Wrongy too it's my family my boy I want him back on the show you know more superheroes. We need two on Team Flash. Flash and Firestorm. Then we'll change the name of the show. We'll call it Flash and Firestorm. And Harrison's like, Cisco, you had no right to do that. And then they all decide to get over their anger with each other. You know, because it's nearing the end of the episode. So then Barry's chasing after this woman who's teleporting everywhere. You know? And she's driving away with a partner in car. Oh, no, wait, no, that's before that. And Barry's dad gets stabbed for, um, you know, asking information about the score and things like that from the mobster. And Barry takes the guy who stabbed his dad and goes, where's the score? And the guy's like, it's in this place. And Barry's like, fine, okay, now you're going to stay outside prison and they're going to put five years on sentence, which is probably at least, probably not even making sense because, like, you just tried to murder someone. You've probably already got ten years on sentence. Why are you worried about another five? You just tried to stab Henry Allen, you piece of shit. He has police backing, bro. So then Barry goes to stop um, Sean, the uh, AKA Peekaboo, named by Caitlin, which is why it's such a silly name, and Clay Parker, and Barry can't stop her. She teleports too fast, but then Harrison's like, Barry, I've got an idea. Destroy the light. If she can't see where she's going... 
you know, then you can catch her. And Barry's like, yes. So he smashes all the lights of crowbar. And then this woman's like, no. And Barry runs up and car and sees her. And she's like, really sad. And goes, he already, my partner left. Clay left. And Barry's like, oh, no, I can't catch him. He's like, Barry, you do not. Somehow you do not remember, Barry, that you literally run faster than these people can even think. How do you not manage to catch Clay? He's running on foot. He's been shot in the leg. Oh, my God. And then Barry, and then we get our usual end parts where, like, Cisco and Caitlin are like, hey, you know, we're okay. We're all fine. Um, Barry meets that virus, and um, he's sort of like, oh, Iris, you know. Uh, blah, blah. Oh, no, before that, Barry and Caitlin meet, and they both agree they should move on. And have a really cute, awkward moment, and then Barry's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And he walks off, and Caitlin smiles and goes, yeah. And it's all like, are they going there? Are they going to have Barry and Caitlin together because like it's kind of weird the, the undertones that bedroom scene were strange but like it did have some chemistry so that should be cool but no ignore that because the very next scene has Barry run it's slash give Irish Irish, Irish give Iris um, a, a dossier and going oh he's, he need to find Clay Parker then runs off, but she takes a picture of him, a perfect picture of his face and all, and so like, oh no, they're going to realise Barry is like this guy. So then Barry goes to see Linda, the woman he met at bar, at paper, and says, Iris, Iris, I can't do this with you now, I'm on date, bye. And Iris is like, oh, okay. You know, she's like, I'm not jealous, I'm not Barry. It's a wrong recap for an episode where not much happened. And then from there we cut to prison where... Um, Henry is recovering from stabbing, and Barry's like, "Dad, I'm sorry you got stabbed." And Dad's his dad's like, "Hey, Barry, you know what I'm not sorry about? My theory, and my theory is that you're a Flash, and tell you why: because Joe was in trouble and he got saved, and I was in trouble. And the very next moment, some the dude who stabbed me was trying to escape from prison, and then kept saying Flash broke him out, you know." And Barry's like, Dad, if I was a Flash, I'd break you out of prison, surely. And then, I'm not even joking about this part. Then Guy Blaze Henry destroys it from an amazing sequence where he's like, okay, one Barry, no. The Flash is a hero. Two, I'd be proud of the Flash. Three, if I was the Flash's... And I te- three, if I was the Flash's dad, I'd tell him be careful. And F- Barry... It seems like this, which makes the show such delight to get for it. It's not best plotted show. It's not best written show. But occasionally they just stop and they give act- decent actors a chance to shine. Just, like, this seems perfect. Like, I, I actually perfect. Like, it's a perfect way to end the episode. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed that scene. It seems like that a 5 out of 5 worthy of my book, you know, rest of the show is probably free, but that's fine. That's really, really good. So I enjoyed the episode. Um, Pink Bird's a bit crap, villain-wise. A bit silly with all Hartley stuff and why Cisco think he can trust him and get drop on him and all that. But the best part, well, not best part, the weirdest part of the episode is the end bit where two guys are in sewer, two construction guys, and they're like, oh, there's power outage and stuff, you know, we need to sort out power outage. And then they find a room, and it's a cave, cave cavernous area. And on walls written words, Grog, it's like, oh no. And Grog, Grog, and they hear growling. And one of them's like, oh, what? And one of them is pulled into darkness by a giant gorilla. And it's like, oh my God. And the other guy's like, nah! 
So he runs off. He's like, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God. And Gorilla grabs him. And you think he's going to say something like, you know, not God, Grod or something. But he's like, rah! And he pulls him and he rips him around the corner. And I assume he eats him to bits. And I thought, oh, my God. The gorilla's been in... Then you've... Then me, the gorilla's been in the sewers for 11 months. They're only just now finding out. Central City does not have a particularly good public public sanitation. Every aspect of the bureaucracy or the organisation or the institutionalised nature of Central City is broken on so many levels. You've got gorillas in the sewers eating people and right scratching on walls and growling. You know, it's like, what on earth is going on in this city? I'm sure we'll find out in the next episode. And maybe we'll find out more about Firestorm. Fire and Storm. Uh, this episode was 3 out of 5, but 2 5 out of 5 moments. So that's encouraging. And it'll be interesting to see how the next episode follows up with ignoring plot threads the same way they ignore the fact that uh, Michael Schofield and Lincoln Burroughs were broken out of prison by a sister we've never seen before. You know, retcoming prison break, why not? At this point, the show's done all. So it's 21 minutes plus coming on that episode. And it wasn't even that detailed, but it's just stuff happened and I got infused, I guess. Anyway, I'll be back in sec for episode 13. Hello, and I'm back. I've just watched the episode 13 of Flash Season 1 The Nuclear Man, which deals with one's favourite superhero, Firestorm! Firestorm, the storm that fires, but not the fire that storms. Firestorm's back this week, folks, and it's another cracking episode of Flash with a bunch of twists, turns, scenarios, and situations of a potentially adult nature. The episode starts with where last week wound off with Barry and a woman named Linda Park. Wait, did they meet up last week? I guess they did. And Barry's like, I'm going on a day, eh? I'm going on a day, eh? And I'm like, Barry, don't be an arsehole. Some of us, like, some of us haven't had the best luck recently. So then Barry's on date, but then scenario happens. He's got to save an old lady from robbery. And then he meets up for date and he's like, hey, Linda, I'm back. And then it's sort of like, oh, no, Barry, it's not a problem. So he has to stop a jumper. So he brings the jumper down and then he's sort of like, yay, Barry, the Flash saved you. And Jumper's like, am I allowed to go back up there? And he's sort of like, no, no, trust me. Eddie's been up there many times. You can't go back up there. So Barry's date seems to go okay and gets a lovely kiss from the lovely Linda Park. A nice, sweet little kiss that symbolises that they might be a couple in the near or present future. So then from there we cut to um, the continuing attempts to find Firestorm. Because it turns out that Firestorm is walking around crazy, batshit crazy. Like we learned in the last episode that he's a combination of Martin Stein and Ronnie Raymond. And in this episode he meets up with a colleague of Martin Stein's and sort of like, please help me. But then he accidentally blows up and burns man to a crisp. Although we don't see he's in a he's in a bag, but we have to assume he's been burnt to a crisp. And it should be first of many times in this episode or this recap of episode thirteen. Well, I point out the guy playing Firestorm Ronnie Raymond is named Robbie Amir. He's the brother or cousin rather of Stephen Amir who plays Arrow. And I will say this many times like I just said, he does a amazing job in this episode because he's basically playing three people. He's playing Ron Raymond. He's playing Martin Stein in Ron Raymond's body. And he's playing Martin Stein 
and Ron Raymond at the same time in the same body. So it's quite a difficult performance, but he does a memorable job. So then our team find out that Martin Stein thing is bodying, and they're like, wait, what? And everyone's like, what? Crazy. And they're sort of like, how are we going to deal with this development? Oh, we, because Ron almost murdered someone, they have to bring him in. A pipeline, you know? They've forgotten about Pipe, Pipe, Piper of Pittstown from last week. No, it's fast on all way this week. They're going to trap him. They're going to trap him. But in the meantime, Barry's going to go on some dates with Linda Park. And also Joe and Cisco are going to go on their own little quest to find out who murdered Barry's mother. So we've got three plots this week. And Iris being jealous over uh, Linda and Barry, which is kind of a go-nothing side plot, but what I can do. So this episode really features a, a few scenes of a flashback, two flashbacks. One to Barry meeting Stein on train when he's coming back from, I guess, Arrow City or wherever it was. You have a lovely little chat because you find out the mind Stein's played by the ever awesome Victor Garber. People who know him from Jack Bristow and Alias, um, a few other bits and pieces. He's in Titanic and he is a exceptionally good actor. Very theatrical but very good at the same time. And after destroying it, the scene with uh, Grant Gustin playing Barry Allen, flashback, nice little sequence, where Barry's still like, I'm not saying Iris, I'm not, but I could, but I'm not, but I want to, but I'm not. And Fester Stein's like, I feel like I've caught up on 13 episodes of Flash. Thank you, Barry. So then they have a nice chat, which will be foreshadowing for later on. And then in your flashback, we find out Professor Stein was there the night of the Park Accelerator explosion. And he was bringing a golden flashing bots with him which apparently mesh with the dark matter antimatter whatever it's ng and uh, united him and wronging eternal matchmoney of inside body they don't explain why he had that stuff at star labs that night maybe i'll pick that up in the next episode but along the way you get more scenes of my or we get scenes of martin stein's backstory in the present, we get find out that he has a wife, Clarissa, and he's in Ronnie's body. Martin Stein's the dominant brain, so Ronnie's just a muscle, which is kind of weird, but okay. They do a really good job of portraying that Martin and Clarissa have a really gentle, sweet, romantic love story going on, and also a nice little miniarch, because Clarissa's worried that Martin doesn't love her anymore. And then Martin comes back and form for Hungy, 20-something actor in a CW show and she's like, suddenly gets really thirsty for him, which is interesting. No, that's kind of a uh, weird sort of overreaction on my part, but they have good chemistry and it's a nice little romantic like subplot. And probably um, nicely as possible, it's a lot better played than the Caitlin Ronnie stuff, which doesn't really feel particularly interesting, especially after Caitlin all but showed how much she wanted this bit of Barry's speed force inside her last week and Barry fit the same way I think but he won't don't dwell on that. A subplot of subplot is of Cisco and Joe investigating the murder of Barry's mother by going to the house where Barry used to live and run into a mother you like to socialise with. Because she is very thirsty, literally. She talks about strawberry daiquiris a lot. And she wants a bit of Joe, a cup of Joe in the morning. And Joe's like, no, I just want to investigate the murder of my foster son's mother. And this woman's so like, we know what you say about strawberry daiquiri. It's sinful. 
And Cisco's like, Joe, if you want to hit that, that's cool. And Joe's like, no, I, I, I really, really know. So then they're investigating, and Cisco finds an old mirror, and he realizes it's covered in what he calls soothing nitrate. And Cisco claims two speedsters run about so much would create photographs. And I, I don't really think that's true in any stretch of imagination, but they run with that. And Cisco somehow manages to mock up a holographic video representation or holographic slideshow of that evening. So he sees all the pictures and they find out there's blood on the wall behind the wallpaper. And Joe's all like, I got you, son of a bitch. And Cisco's like, got her. And Joe's like, just wrong blood, Cisco. I think I know. Joe thinks he knows who it belongs to. So then from there we cut to um, Barry's second date. But he's pulled away in the middle of getting hot and heavy with the lovely Linda Park. She is quite lovely. So they're getting hot and heavy and Barry's getting nervous. And I think the show's going through this idea that Barry gets too excited. He's going to like vibrate or something, something untoward. They kind of think play a bit more subtle than you expect for a CW show. And then Barry sent text by Caitlin, just says, well, it's Firestorm, exclamation mark. So Barry runs off to fight Firestorm, who's at Clarissa's house. They tried to trap him, lure him there, bait. And Firestorm beats crap out of Barry because um, Barry forgets and he has super speed. And they also forget that Cisco made a cold gun. And it's one of those things that gets you about a show like this. Eventually you're like, Cisco made a cold gun. Why wouldn't he make another cold gun for dealing with Firestorm where he could cool down the amount of heat he's producing? But they don't think about that. And we're not meant to think about it either. And then Firestorm flies Barry into the sky and sets him on fire and goes for him in a truck but then saves him at the last minute, throws him on ground, goes to bombard him fire and then Caitlin's like, wrongy no and wrongy's wrong Stein's like, ah and they talk him and come back with them and he's like, okay, no, I, I get that. Later on at Star Labs, they drug the shit out of Ronnie and Martin with antipsychotics and he says, I feel much clearer. Also, I've had a shave. I had a shave a few days ago and I feel much, much clearer. I still feel much clearer. So then we go to the... Oh, my voice is better too. That's awesome. So then we go to Star Labs where everyone's arguing, saying, hey, Rongi might blow up and create nuclear explosion. And Rongi's like, I, I got... My sign's like, I can hear them. And he says, you young man. And he has to chat with Barry. I remember 11 months ago having train journey of you. And again, no one's sort of like, what have you been eating for 11 months? Because Martin makes jokes about how his taste buds may have changed in and he's not aware. It's so like, what have you been subsisting on? Does he need to eat? Does Firestorm eat? Does he poop? Does Firestorm poop? Maybe we'll find out next week. And so, wrong, Martin Stein's like, oh, well, if I'm going to explode, then I'm going to leave. And he leaves, and somehow managed to get 30 miles away for anyone notices. Um, Hudson Wills is like, I, I, I might have to shoot wrong in the face. But also, I could use, I can make a quantum splicer. And it's like, what, what do you mean make a quantum splicer? And then Cisco and then Harrison make a quantum splicer. And it's like, wait, what? You guys literally make imaginative future lucrative tech on a whim. It's so bizarre. So then they're like, oh, we have to reunite um, Harrison. We have to reunite um, Martin and, you know, Caitlin. Say, so wrong. They give. 
the um, device to Professor Stein. He's like, put it on, but then puts it on. And he starts about to explode. And he's like, oh, I wish I shot myself. And Caitlin's like, I wish you shot yourself. And Barry's so like, I wish I could run back in time and save my mum. And everyone's like, why'd you say it, Barry? And he's like, I don't know. It just felt like it was the right thing to say. So then Barry's run Caitlin away. And then, um, oh, wait, no, no. Before this, sorry, before this, Barry has to go to Iris and says, Iris, why did you tell why did you tell Linda I was in love with her? I was in love with you. I was like, didn't say that. And Barry's like, you know, you don't want anyone to have me and you don't want me, so what do you want me to do? And then Barry almost kills himself with Pepper getting back with Linda and she calls him an idiot and then laughs and then kisses him and doesn't seem mind that she's still got peppery breath. So then um, we cut back to the end of the episode where... Um, Ron explodes and Barry runs away from him with Caitlin watching explosion and then it's post credits we cut to General Wade Eiling who's apparently still alive and he's like ha ah, there's an explosion bring me fast on he's like wait what so there you go there's the episode um I really enjoyed it Robin May was fantastic uh it's not much to say though I mean they derailed the Barry Caitlin plot Oh, shit, sorry. Cisco and Toast Joan, they found adult Barry's blood scene. So, you know, take But, yeah, pretty good episode. Um, I thought Robin made a fantastic as um, Ron Raymond slash Professor Stein. I thought it was really nice seeing Victor Garbo again, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, Barry and Linda stuff was cute. But they really did derail that Barry Caitlin thing. Like, it's just so derailed. It's like it's a schizophrenic writing team. Eddie didn't do anything. I don't know why he was in the episode. You could have had Joe do that. Um, Iris was kind for there, but now apparently she may or may not have feelings for Barring. It's like, um, can we just get them together if we're going that way? Or can we pair Barry with Caitlin? Don't half ass both of them. So I'd go for probably 3.5 out of 5. The acting was great. There's some nice writing there. But I mean, at the same time, it was like the entire episode was, oh, um, we got to split, like, Martin and Ronging. It was like, that's it. That's the entire episode. And it wasn't bad, but it was like, that's... I don't like using the term filler because I don't think it's true. But at the same time, watching this, it's very much like, did you really need a whole episode for that? Especially when we know the explosion's not going to kill Ronnie or Martin or Caitlin or Barry or anyone of importance or anyone at all. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like first two really good acts of an episode, you know. But I suppose if you only add them as like twenty minutes, they're forty. You miss out on some of those lovely moments of Clarissa. So in that regard, I can see it stretched out a bit. But anyway, pretty good. Um, hopefully the next episode is a bit more impactful in terms of plot development and stuff like that. But it's pretty good. And uh, yep, episode fourteen coming up in just a sec. So cool. Three point five out of five. Robin Mayer's a really good actor, and Vic Garber's also a really good actor, so it'll be nice to see him interacting next week. In the next episode, sorry. Hey, this is Ian. Uh, so I'm wrapping up this episode early this week because I've just been working hostel for a surprise visit, so you know, this episode's ending early. Thank you for listening. I will pick up the Phantom Fred Thingamajig next week and Flash next week as well. I apologise for the brevity of the episode, but like I said, I had a surprise hostel visit, so I don't feel like doing the rest of it this week. Um, I will see you guys next week, and as always, remember, life is beautiful. Mm-hmm.